This is The Overflow with MC Brooks on the Rock Deep Rogue Radio Network. Rock Deep Rogue Radio and FXBG Pirates Radio Studios presents This is The Overflow with MC Brooks on Rock Deep Rogue Radio. Yeah. Yeah. I actually feel way more comfortable than I did five minutes ago. Really? <laughs> you got all that nervous energy out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it was on purpose. You're welcome. You know, I feel like, you know, I feel like... You know, it's kind of it's kind of like when you're a teenager, and you know, after you've already tried the condom on for the first time, you fumble it around. <laughs> now, in your second go around, you're like, "Yeah, I'm a pro at it now." Oh, I, I got, got this. I got this. I've been here. Yeah, expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's going on, everybody? This is the first ever episode of the Overflow with MC Brooks. Had a couple technical difficulties uh, a couple minutes ago, but it's all good now. You know, we began on CP time, so you guys are hopefully still hanging around here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got a we got a pretty dope show uh, planned for tonight. In case you're uh, you know new here, uh, again, I am MC Brooks. I am the newest member of the Rock D Rogue Radio family. Uh, been around for a couple months now. Been bouncing around other shows, and uh, now I got my own thing, planting my own flag in the sand. Tonight, tonight we got a, a jam-packed show. We're going to be discussing uh, whether sports are truly a meritocracy. Probably going to focus a little bit more on football more than anything because, you know, that's my favorite sport. And it's currently America's most popular sport, even with its declining ratings. And so I, I think it's a pretty fascinating subject to be explored. Um, we're also going to be, or I'm going to be ranking the... Top fast food French fries, only because I, like I yeah. like this idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a connoisseur. You know, I've been eating fries my whole life. If you ask certain family members, that's all I eat. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, pretty much. But um, before we even get into you know any of that stuff, um, I definitely wanted to give a shout out to Mike and the rest of the Rock Deep Rogue Radio family for allowing me to have the platform here. Um, I've been out of radio for the longest time, and I really wanted to get back into it. So I reached out, uh, came you know, came all the way down to Fredericksburg, and um, came down for a couple episodes. I listened in, hopped on the mic a couple times, had a good time, and they've really embraced me here. You know, I've bounced around on a couple different shows, and uh, it's a real family atmosphere. So you know, I definitely want to thank uh, Mike and everyone for the opportunity to be here. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. And hopefully the anarchy that I plan on partaking in doesn't, you know, completely ruin the station or nah, anything like you're, that. You're good. Man. We are <laughs> we are happy to have you. You are part of the family now for sure. So Huzzah. Yeah, now you're in. You can't get out. So Oh, darn. <laughs> you're oh, locked darn. in, man. <laughs> so um, before I wanted to jump into any of the subjects that we're going to discuss tonight, um, I figured I'd, you know, tell you guys a little bit about myself again i'm new here i know i have a few friends of mine that are in fact listening and 
I appreciate all of you listening, but I know there's a there's probably many people who are listening in right now who are not familiar with me, not familiar with my work, don't really know who the hell I am and why I'm on the mic right now, you know? Tell so, us why we should care. <laughs> that's the goal. You shouldn't. I'm kidding. Um, so my name is MC Brooks, or my real name is Marcus. I am a D.C. native, born and bred, Northeast D.C. I'm 30 years old, avid nerd. Sports fan, uh, musician. I like French fries. <laughs> I like most junk food. Actually, I spent like twenty dollars on junk food actually before we got here. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I like discussing you know virtually everything. I, I like to pride myself as being a pretty well-rounded individual. I feel like I can discuss most subjects that I you know partake in or that people talk about and i pride myself on that um and mike did you get the message i sent you on messenger i'm gonna check right now because i don't think i did but last one i got from you on messenger was you asking me about that dj khaled sound clip <laughs> which we already played because you know i played myself well uh, okay oh you know what oh crap oh, no wonder i didn't hit send wow, wow. well there you go okay. <laughs> well pull the herman edwards don't oh, hit I got send you. oh I got don't you. hit send don't hit send so you, you want me to read these then? Yes. Okay. So, um, well, before we get into any of the subjects tonight, I had people submit anonymously submit AMA questions, ask me anything questions. Nice. I went through, vetted them, so not everyone's question got picked. And not everyone's question is going to be answered before we really get into the subject. But what I figured I'd do is I sent a list over to Mike, and I'm going to let you just you know pick a handful you know to ask me on air. And I will opine, and hopefully the audience will get an opportunity to get to know me a little bit better, can pull back the curtain on who I am as a person, as a host, and, you know, you guys can get to know me. Fix the sound effects. Yes. Winning. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All righty, all righty. So um, first thing, oh, what's first up? First question. What do you feel would be the correct way to go about drafting? I think that we should save this one for later. Yes. Okay. This so, is, yeah, that's a good yeah. question. I definitely want to save that for when we get into the football discussion. Okay. So I'm going to flip through some of these. I, like, just by reading them, I know who some of these were that asked these questions. Um, <laughs> all right. We'll start with an easy one. All right. In grits, when you're eating grits, mm -hmm. salt or sugar? Okay. So confession. I've never had grits before. What? Never had grits before. You're kidding me. I am not. I, and yeah, I've, I've I've been shunned when I've admitted that, and it's a little embarrassing that you know my first time here, and I'm already you know <laughs> putting myself out there. But <laughs> sorry, man. No, I deserve that. I deserve <laughs> that. Um, no, I've ne I've never I've never actually had grits, but from how, from what I've heard, people discuss about grits people who have had them before yeah salt and butter seems to be the way to go i'm not a big sugar person in just in general as yeah. far as putting sugar on stuff i'll tell you i think you get a free pass and here's why because you're a okay. dc native you're not a southern native because dc is not the south as True. much as dc tries to pretend it is it's not <laughs> you ask anybody in this from the south they're gonna be like no dc is not the south they'll call you a yankee very, very true yeah. very true um you get a free pass on that one the way to go, the correct answer, is cheese grits. Oh, sold me already because yeah. I love cheese. Yeah, like, and it's, it, yeah, I'll even, like, the, the correct answer, 
cheese <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm a cheese addict. It's literally the thing preventing me from going vegan. Right. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just not nego- for me. It's not negotiable. I cannot. I've had vegan cheese in various iterations, and yeah. I do. I, I can't get behind it. There's I'm a sorry. couple. There's a couple of options that aren't bad. There's this stuff called Daya, hmm. which like, um, it works on pizza, and that's about it. It's there. There's like a um, there's a place called um, Blaze Pizza, and there's one at uh, at uh, George Mason. Okay. And if you go there and you get the vegan cheese on a pizza, it's not bad. Hmm. It's it's not a bad substitute. I have to check that out. I yeah. have to write that down. We've check we've, that out. we've done. I mean, the last year we've done some experimentation with vegan stuff and vegetarian options, and yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I I, <laughs> I miss it. But it does horrible, horrible things to my body, so I try not to eat it. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I didn't get the lactose, <laughs> the lactose thing problem. Yeah. I love cheese too much. Oh, I'd wow. probably, de- I'd probably deal with it anyway if I could. Man, so Yolanda is not happy about your grits um, admission. She says that she needs to check your card. Uh, <laughs> but, but apparently, my defense of you saying that it's below the Mason Dixon line has has given you given you an okay. Sweet. All right. That's all I need. That's all, all right. I need. So let's give you another uh, another softball to kind of warm you up here. All right. All right. What we got? Um, what subjects did you study in school? Hmm. Well, if we're talking college, I went to school for communications. Um, I was actually a sociology minor for a while, only because. At Dell State, my alma mater, Hornets, uh, you weren't. If you worked in uh, the mass communications department, or if you were a comm major, you were not allowed to not have a minor. So, I just kind of picked something that I was kind of interested in, which was sociology. I knew, like, I, a bunch of my friends went psychology, and they told me about all the terms they had to learn, and that didn't interest me. <laughs> it seemed like yeah. a lot of extra work that I did not want. So I decided to, you know, go with sociology. It seemed pretty fascinating. We had lots of, you know, pretty interesting discussions about like race and ethics and and different cultures and whatnot. And and the classes I took were were actually really really dope, really awesome. They really kind of helped shape my perspective into kind of where it is now. So uh, communications and sociology were the two that I kind of focused on in college. Um, but I also really loved my English classes. Um, uh, I took a speech class, which actually was super helpful because I used to get really bad anxiety when it came to public speaking. So uh, my English classes were also pretty awesome, too. Those were pretty much the classes I really, really cared about. Do you want a serious one? Uh, Sure. Why not? Let's let's okay. ruin the mood real quick. Yeah, right. Why not? <laughs> <clears throat> With Trump, make America great again. Will we reverse the ruling on same-sex marriage for the LGBTQ community, as he has supported the reversal of Roe versus Wade and the Health Care Act? With Trump in office, I, I, nothing is off limits. I feel like I feel like there 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 isn't anything that is safe, any any laws, any anything that we can really hold on to and say like this will survive this administration. I'm not exactly sure if it'll happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if that were on the docket at some point in the next, you know, two years before the uh, the next election. Especially when you have someone like Mike Pence, who, you know, believes in conversion therapy and all of these other horrible things. And so it wouldn't surprise me if, if that were to be, you know, on the docket somewhere. I mean, 
his whole goal has been so far has been to undo virtually everything Obama did while in office in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so with Obama, you know, legalizing same-sex marriage, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if again at some point that was just, you know, one of the things he him and his administration decided to do. So, like, that's the most serious question on here. So, like, I feel like we, <laughs> had, to, we had to get that one out of the way because the rest of them are, like, they're, I mean, they're, they're good questions. I don't want anybody to think that, like, any of these questions <laughs> I'm asking are not good. I'm just saying. It was just, like, who's your celebrity crush? What's your favorite emoji? Hey, let's talk about Trump making America great again. How do you feel about what he's doing to the LGBTQ community? Damn, chill. Yeah, hey, what's geez. your favorite French fry? Like, oh, yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> only been there 10 minutes, guys. Jeez. Fruit snacks or fruit roll-ups? Which one do you prefer? <laughs> like, it's just, they don't, none of these fit together. Um, so I just what? threw a couple at you. Um, but, like, uh, this, one, this one's always interesting because I, I, a lot of people have verbal crutches. Okay. But most people don't know what they are. They don't mm-hmm. know their own stuff. So you got to be introspective to know this one. And this is, which words or phrases do you most overuse? Like? That's, that's, the, that's the one I know I use probably the most. Like? Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure where it exactly it stems from, but I, I use it as much as like teen, there we go right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just like teenage girls in the nineties like said like every other word. I feel like yeah. that's kind of how I use it. It's something that I'm I'm definitely um, aware that I do. I try to not do it as often, but you know, I'm 30 years old. I've kind of been doing it for half my life. You know. It's a hard habit to break. It's one I'm trying to, but it's you know it's a hard habit to break. Yeah, I, I know it's I know it's something that I, I definitely need to keep working on. We will, we'll work on it. I'll teach you some <laughs> stuff, man. Like it's, I, I learned it from doing this. You start listening to your your own recordings, right? And you start hearing the things that you do, and then you become conscious of it, and then you try not to do it, right? right. I try I try to cut out completely ums and uhs. It's almost impossible, and. Like right there, I could have used an um to fill that space. But right. You just have to be comfortable with silence, and most people are not. They are really freaked out by the idea of not having anything to say. Right. And what's also interesting about that is in college, you know, when we when I was going through my communications classes, they told us that dead air was like one of the worst things that you can have, but it's a better alternative than saying um uh. And those kind of filler words when you don't know exactly what you're trying to say. So if you need a split second to just collect yourself and then say what you have to say, that's better than constantly uh, um, uh, um, every other word because you're not sure what's coming next. There is a difference between dead air and a pause of the purpose. So like if we're saying something and then I stop for a second like I just did, then you know that something else is coming. But... If you're filling with ums and uhs, then you just don't sound like you know what you're talking about. You're, you're distracted. So, yeah. Right. It's better to, to just have an Obama pause and then The Obama go. pause. I like that. <laughs> Let me uh, call it that from now on. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, who, is, who is your celebrity crush? Uh, that is that is almost an impossible question. Only because I have an infinite amount of celebrity crushes. Okay. Let's go if I, right now. Right, right like now, I, what's the number one seed? If you're making an NCAA-esque 64 bracket of of MC Brooks's crushes, who's the number one seed in the East Division? I can't remember the actress's name, but she's Misty Knight on Luke Cage. Oh, good call. I cannot remember. Yeah, I can. I, I, I normally know her name because I can say it. I can say it just like that, but I cannot remember offhand what her name is. 
And like I follow her on Instagram. I I love pretty much everything she does. I stand for her. Like the second the second that her husband and her break up, like I plan to be right there, guitar outside the window, singing singing Drake songs. Asking her if she wants to get coffee. <laughs> that would be yes. that would be Simone Missick. Simone Missick, yes. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude, and she's going to have a bionic arm? Oh, uh, yes. I, I you can't. know what kind of freaky stuff you could do with a bionic arm? Giggity-giggity-goo. going to be a new kind of iRobot. <laughs> hey, he's got jokes. Uh, let's um, see what else we got. Anybody else? Who else is on? Who else is the number one seed for you? Let's see. Um, oh, well, that was a bad arm. B- believe it or not, Kelly Clarkson, which is weird. I know. It's weird. Yeah, I, yeah. If you need to pa- if you need to pause the music, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm I'm pulling her up because I, 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 I know what, I get it. I get it. I, the th- the thing is, is I, I I already I liked her years ago because yeah. I, I I she was kind of like my guilty pleasure with music. Like I really loved the uh, her first album. I really loved the Breakaway album. I loved My December. I'm not even gonna pretend like I don't have since you've been gone on my playlist. Okay. <laughs> Behind they, these hazels, they, they, hazel yes, eyes, yeah. yes, exactly. I, I've had dreams where I've <laughs> dropped everything that I'm doing in my life and 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 bought a KFC <laughs> franchise with Kelly Clarkson. Like I'm with you on this one. Like and and, and I'm to, I'm totally in because she's like gotten thicker over the years, and I'm just like, oh, hey, hello, hi. So what you're saying is, she does it for you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that's the nerd boner sound yes. effect. Just so you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say Kelly Clarkson, uh, Corinne Bailey Ray, also, who's a uh, one of my favorite singers. Um, I didn't actually put her on my playlist. Dang. Well, I guess that kind of ruins my shot, huh? But I didn't put Kelly on there either, so I might be good. But I'm sure Kelly's busy right now, so when she hears the podcast version. She'll know that you did actually add her. You just forgot that you added her because you love her so true. much that you just do it like subconsciously. Very true. Yeah. Very, very, very. See, we can just like we can just sing since you've been gone. Now, be good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what other ones. I got although, here for you. although to be fair, Ke- Kelly did lose some points with me when she recorded a, a, a song for the Dallas Cowboys a few years back. Oh, Kelly. You know. Oh, Kelly. But. No. But. When I renounced my skins fandom, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it now. You before, kinda, yeah, you kind of let it go a little yeah, bit. Before I was like, Ugh. but even not as a skins fan. I mean, the, the Cowboys are kind of a deplorable franchise in general, and I don't feel bad about saying that. <laughs> so a deplorable franchise. I like <laughs> most of their fans are deplorables if you really want to break it down. So facts only. Yeah, I'm, facts only. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I've renounced my fandom too, but my hatred for that team has not. Yeah, I can't. Not, I, I could. I just. Say, yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't bring myself to root for them, ever. even as a even as a non skins fan. Like, like ever. Like just, if it was the apocalypse and like, and the antichrist himself created a football team, <laughs> and it was like to fight for humanity. It's the Dallas Cowboys versus the antichrist. I'm rooting for the antichrist. Of course. Let's do this. Let's apocalypse this bad Why boy. Not? You know, it's it's time for the rapture. Exactly. Let's do it. Yeah, my guy. Because I'm not rooting. I'm not rooting for Zeke. Forget it. No nope. Zeke. Nope. No. Or you Jerry your, Jones. You and your nah, cutoff yeah. T-shirt. What the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with male crop tops, unless you're a Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Player. True facts. Yeah. They're the exception. What motivates you? That's a great question. Yeah. 
Uh, fear of failure. I think for a long time, probably even a little bit even now, um, I've let fear kind of dictate, you know, my own actions, my own moves, kind of things I decide to do, things I decide not to do. Yeah. For example, I've been talking about getting back in the radio or doing podcasting for well over a year to before reaching out to you guys and fear of people not listening, not caring, you know, people tuning in at first and then kind of dwindling off and, you know, I'm sharing links that, you know, I'm listening to and nobody else, which kind of convinced me that, oh, you know, no one cares about what you're saying. No one cares about what you're doing. Why are you even bothered doing this? Why are you going to try to pour money into it? And I kind of let that control me for the long, for the longest time and not not put myself out there and not try to do something with what I have. And so I think with I think with uh kind of saying screw all of that, you know, and kind of deciding that I have to determine my own happiness and I have to I'm in control of my own life and at the end of the day like I have to be happy with what I decide to do, whether that's in radio, whether that's where with where I work at, whether it's with my hobbies or activities. Like, I have to be happy at the end of the day. My happiness comes first. It matters most, you know? So, fear of not, at least not trying to achieve the things I want to achieve is kind of what gets me going. Like, it, it's weird. Because I feel like I've like I've suffered from you know mild depression for most of my life, and I, I don't feel bad about admitting that on air. And even with at even with uh, admitting that, I've always had this real sense of optimism. Like things are eventually going to get better. Things are going to change. Like these pockets of my life where things are not going well, like these are temporary. In fact, there's a great there's a song by Taking Back Sunday, throwback band. There's a song by Taking Back Sunday called Carpathia, and the chorus of it, and the chorus of that song says, when, no, when will these uh, feelings feel like, man, that was ages ago? And I've always thought that was really interesting to me as far as, as far as thinking about, you know, the negative times in my life, as far as the, you know, times where I haven't felt like myself. And so it really resonated with me. And I've just kind of always kept that with me, like these, these, like again, these, these small moments where I don't feel like myself, where I feel like giving up, like the it, you know, it's only temporary. You know, if you, if you think about, you know, some of the worst things you've endured in life, whether it's you know heartbreak or unemployment or you know losing a loved one, you know, like they're tragic, they're unfortunate events, but eventually it gets better. Eventually you have to move forward, and then eventually you do. So, <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Like, I we're without because he just came in here to help s some sound stuff. So I'm not going to put him on on blast or make <laughs> him come on the mic or anything like that. But Ek and I have talked about this many times. Like, depression is real and it sucks. And it, it makes you feel like you weigh an extra 500 pounds just on your chest and you can't get anything done. And like powering through in that and having that ember inside that just keeps burning no matter what is just like just props to you man like that's that's important yeah thank you thank you yeah so that's uh that's what keeps me going uh we do have a couple more questions for you here sure uh, let sure me go thing. ahead and pull those up real quick but a uh, big thanks to ek the dj for coming in here and fixing a quick uh, sound problem we had thank you 
Yeah. <laughs> Would we? Yeah. Well, we have a we have another show tonight. We're actually bringing back a conspiracy theory show. Oh. I'm gonna plug it real quick and then oh, sure. back to your show. Um, it's called Center of Infinity. It's something that the, he started with his uh, podcast team, his uh, internet radio, years ago, and we're gonna bring it back with GGR, like my other side project. Oh, that's so awesome. It's gonna be. We're going to talk about all sorts of crazy nonsense after this. So. Well, yeah, I was about to ask, is there a specific conspiracy you're going to discuss, or is it just going to be kind of any? This any... is the first episode back in three years, oh. so we're going to start slow. But oh. we've got so many things that we <laughs> want to talk about. Like, it's going to be... One of the ones we're going to talk about is apparently there's a Marilyn Monroe conspiracy around oh. her death. Um, quick teaser on this. If you guys want to listen tonight, it'll be on at 10. It's a little late tonight, but the reason why is because we have two podcasters from the West Coast who are going to be joining us tonight. They have a show called That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. <laughs> Long story. Listen to the podcast. They're really entertaining. Um, but they're going to be on tonight with us. Oh, awesome. And we're just going to be kind of shooting the shit about conspiracy theories. The Marilyn Monroe one is like the story behind her death is that like somebody saw a light on in her room late at night. And went to go check on her, and they knocked on the door, and she wouldn't answer. And they called a doctor who got there in 10 minutes. But mind you, he drove all the way across from East L.A. to West L.A. in 10 minutes in the 1960s, which is damn near impossible. Well, here's the problem with that whole theory, is that Marilyn Monroe was known to be an insomniac. So why would a nurse see a light on in her room and be like, oh, she's up late? No, bullshit. She's right. always up late. So that doesn't make sense. Right. So they're saying that there's more to it than just what we know. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, so that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely interesting. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about that, and we're gonna talk about my favorite one. God, my favorite conspiracy theory is the Kurt Cobain mm. suicide one because, yeah, I'm I'm a huge Nirvana fan. Like he suffered from depression. It was something that like when I was a kid and I found out that like that was a lot of the times what was bothering me, hmm. and like I could identify with him. And then he he killed himself. Like that was. That was rough. And then it turned out he didn't even kill himself. Like, there's so much evidence against that. That's that, crazy. Like, Courtney Love had something to do with it. Like, it's... Hmm, that's interesting. interesting. I, 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 I'll I admit, I haven't heard the Kurt, Co- the Kurt Cobain uh, conspiracy. So, I'm definitely going to be listening in for that. Well, there you go. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think the most fascinating conspiracy theory that I've discovered in recent years is the one that Paul McCartney, like, died in the 60s and, and was replaced by someone else. Yeah. That's... It's 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 really wild. It's really wild. But if you like, if you watch the videos I've seen on YouTube, which I mean, I know I know how that sounds. You know, YouTube University, but <laughs> you know the the videos I watched on it actually seem kind of they're kind of convincing. Like I yeah. I, I don't believe it at all. Like yeah. I, I don't think it has any real merit. Yeah. But I did I did, I did think it was interesting. It's like you know that, that that's interesting. Let's uh. Let's- Take the focus back to you. All your, right. Your premier, this is your party. Yes, yes. This is me. This, this is, is your me. party. This is me right here. This is your party. Um, if you had a million dollars to spend frivolously, what would you buy? Sally Mae. Word? Yeah. yeah. Then get rid of it. Me, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, just, yeah. just disband it yeah, completely. Just, yeah. yeah I, can, I, can, I can solve most people's problems by just getting rid of student loan debt. I like that, man. That's very selfless. <laughs> uh, what, what concert... Do you want to go to the most? Like, who do you want to see? I have a few, actually. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, because they're one of my favorite bands ever. And I know they're not together right now. I know they're uh, the rest of the guys in Rage, outside of Zach, are. Yeah. Uh, they have a band with Chuck D and Be Real from Cypress Hill. Yes, Prophets I've, of Rage. They're good. Prophets yeah, of Rage they, is really good. They are really good. I really enjoyed their album much more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. And I, I they're good. But part of me is still like, 
I really would just love to see them with Zach at least one time. Only because I never actually got, I never got the opportunity to see them while they were around. You know? I got to, dude, I got to see them when I was in high school. I wasn't, Jealous. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I snuck out of the house. I went and saw them. They were playing at the 930 Club. Oh. That was the dopest concert I've ever seen in my life. Because, like, you know how sometimes you could just go to a concert and there's music and it's awesome and you're just like, this, right. this changed my life. This was awesome and it had a political message. And I'm like, I think I was like 15, maybe 16. And, like, it was the first time. You know, like, when that woke light bulb yeah. pops on <laughs> on your head and you're just like, yeah. oh, snap. They're saying things that I didn't even understand and now I get it. And I'm like, right. oh, damn. Like, yeah, and it just, like, it blew my mind. It and was, what's, what's awesome about Rage 2 is... While the music may sound dated to some degree, but if you actually listen to what they're saying, it's still very relevant now, which is actually kind of incredible when you think about it. Oh, yeah. Because they wrote these songs 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, and now 20, 25 years later, you can still pick out messages from different songs because the same things are still going on that were going on 20 years ago when they initially wrote these songs. So Rage is definitely one band I would definitely go see. I would love to see Lupe Fiasco only because I always miss him every time he comes to D.C. Every time he comes here, I find out the next day. Like, oh, you know, he'll be retweeting stuff on Twitter about how people were like, oh, yeah, your show at 930 was dope last night. And I'm like, yo, when, like, when, when, what? What? When was he here? He was here? Yeah. (laughs) Man, how did I miss that? It's, It's happened every year. For the last like four yeah. years, I every was, time he's come here, I've always found out about it the next day. Yeah, I was jealous that you went and saw Blackstar because like I'm a yes. huge Most Def and Talib Kweli fan, and like the fact that I I wouldn't be able to do it. I was still I was just coming back from Disney World. I'm broke as hell. <laughs> let's just be honest. Until I get paid next week, so like living <laughs> off of ramen and peanut butter crackers for the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, like I would, I would love to see them. He like Most Def is like one of my favorite rappers of all time. I've been wanting to see Most Def for forever. I've seen Talib Kweli t- uh, twice before the Black Star show. I saw him uh, as part of Reflection Eternal back in 2010, I believe, and that was an awesome show. And then I saw him, I think, what was it, three years ago? I believe it was three years ago. He opened for Macklemore when Macklemore came here. Now, I'm not a Macklemore fan. I only went to that show because it was a free ticket. Oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a free ticket, and and they told me Talib was performing. So hey, I was like, wanna, okay, yeah, man. You want to go see Macklemore play? Nah, it's a free ticket. Eh, all right. Yeah. It, I mean, I won't, even, I won't even lie. Like It was the weirdest hip-hop show I've ever been to. Really? Only because when you looked out in the crowd, well, I mean, first things first, it happened. It was like a Wednesday night. Yeah. So it wasn't even it wasn't even like a Friday or Saturday. Secondly, like you saw people coming in with like their grandparents, their <laughs> aunts and uncles, and I'm I'm like super pu- I'm, I'm just confused. I'm looking over, seeing like these 13 year old girls and their grandparents strolling in to go to come to the Macklemore show, and I'm like, what is happening here? Like this is the weirdest. This this is this is weird. And then it was it was also weird too because as much as I don't like Macklemore's music. Um, I've no, I know that he's been doing hip hop since like ninety eight, ninety nine. So he yeah. kind of he, he, you know, and I do enjoy some of his earlier stuff. And so it was weird because he tried to use a lot of the, those old school hip hop chants with the crowd, and you could just tell that they couldn't really get it. Like he tried to do the trap called Quest. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Like he tried to do that, and the crowd, well, half the crowd <laughs> didn't know how to respond, and the ones who did know how to respond couldn't do it on beat. 
So it was just weird. <laughs> can I kick it? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I suppose. Sure. I suppose you can if you really want to. Yeah, of course. Why? Why wouldn't you? Kick it? <laughs> it was. It was just so. It was just so weird. That, like the, the the crowd could not figure out what exactly he was doing. The other thing I didn't like was that he performed the same song three times. Why? Uh, what, what's that song? Can't hold us. He performed that song three times. Was he running out of material? He just didn't have anything else. I, I don't know. It was weird. He did it the first time, and it was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then right as he was going towards the end of it, the end of his set, he was like, okay, we'll end with Can't Hold Us. And I'm like, didn't you just do this? You just did this like 20 minutes ago. So then the, then, he end, then it ended. And then you know how some musicians do. They, uh, they leave for like 10 minutes. Then they're like, oh, come back for the encore. Yeah. The encore was just another another version of Can't Hold Us. Like that's all that's all it was. <laughs> you run out of stuff. I was just like, "Yo, you you performed this three times. This this is this is crazy." He also talked for like six minutes in between songs. Like he would just he would just tell us these like random nonsensical stories yeah. that don't have anything to do with anything, and then like rap. You know who I was really impressed by? Who? Machine Gun Kelly. Hmm. Because like I I heard him rap and I was like, all right, he's okay. He's, he's pretty <laughs> he's pretty good. You know. And then I heard him cover Everlong by the Foo Fighters. And the Foo Fighters oh. are one of my favorite bands of all time. And I haven't he, heard this. Does, I, does he rap or is he singing? No, he sings it. He sings it. I will play it for you. Oh, yes. It, it ain't bad. It's We will play it after the show because I'll tell you, man, we've already spent almost 40 minutes doing this. I That's want you to fine. get to your topic because I would hate not- for you to be like, oh, man, my first show, <laughs> I didn't even talk about my topics. I mean, it's fine. As long as the people are enjoying it, I'm enjoying it. We'll get to the topic. We are going to get to the topic. In fact... We'll do one more, one more question, and then we'll jump in. Oh, we had one more question. Oh, sweet! And it was well, the question that. that I started with. Per- perfect topic. Which would I mean. be, what do you feel would be the correct way to go about drafting? Well, this question is actually kind of really open ended. Actually, yeah. Could you read it one more time? What do you feel would be the correct way to go about drafting? Now, they could be talking about NASCAR. They could be talking about the NFL. They could be talking about baseball. They could be talking about hockey. They could be talking about anything. They're right. not specific. I'm assuming it's football. I the, assume, the draft yeah. is tomorrow. The draft is tomorrow. Yeah. So let, let's go along with the NFL then. So my philosophy with drafting, if I were the GM of a team, what, for me, I was a big fan of Scott McLuhan. And I, I was actually a fan of Scott prior to him coming to Washington. Yeah. Um, a couple years ago, I spent a very brief time as a football scout locally. I scouted some high school players uh, in the area. I came all the way out to Springfield for a combine. I was out by Fort Myer for a combine. Combines are not not all that interesting outside of the one on ones because I mean all you're doing is watching a bunch of kids in shorts run, you know, 40 yards and you're trying to figure out who's fast. Now that's interesting. Um but I spent a little bit of time as a scout and it, it gave me some insight as far as what what professional scouts are probably looking for when they're looking at uh these prospects. So my philosophy if I were running a team would be you always draft for talent for me. If if I can get enough talented people, you can figure it out. I figure you, you can always carve out a, a role for somebody on your on your team. Yeah. Whether they're a gadget player, whether they're 
whether they are, uh, you know, a, a big wide receiver, whether they're a speedy running back, whether they're a big running back, whether they're kind of a kind of tweener linebacker. You can you can carve out the role. The the thing you definitely want to do is you want to find guys who are talented and can be coached to do exactly what you're what you're asking of them. With that being said, I, I don't think that there is a perfect science to doing it, though. Because, like with anything, there are variables when you're trying to consider prospects or players or, you know, what kind of system you want to run, how you want to do your team. Like, there's so many other variables that factor in that there's no perfect way to, you know, know that you're going to select – the the right amount of or the right guys um believe it or not sashi brown who got fired from the browns after they only won one game in two years he had kind of a really absurd success rate i need to find i need to find the tweet i'm gonna i'm gonna look up the tweet right now but it, it was something like the like the vast majority of the players of the players he drafted in just the first two years the the, the two years he were there are going to be multi year NFL starters, and it's a success rate that was like over ninety percent or something like that. Wow, which is absurdly high when you consider how many how many organizations have drafts where you know you're hoping one or two one or two guys you know pan out. And so, I'm trying to see if I can find this tweet right here. I wasn't even thinking about Sashi Brown, to be honest. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, you know, because he, he kind of became the scapegoat for the Browns, you know, failures in the last two years. Oh, here it is right here. So, uh, this comes from Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting. Of his 24 picks, 20, 20 of his 24 picks are going to be multi-year NFL contributors as starters, or just special teams players, which is a, a ridiculously high success rate. And even though the Browns haven't won games in, in two years, or have won one game in two years, they have pieces there that when they eventually find some success like this year, yeah, you know, he won't get the credit, but they should point back to this to say, 20 of his 24 picks are on are on on this roster or I guess 19 because they got rid of uh, Kaiser uh, 19 of his picks are on this roster and they're contributing in some form or fashion as to why they've managed to turn it around right now well and that's the other thing too like have you ever noticed like you'll have college programs that they fire their head coach for whatever reason right well you we use Michigan as an example. They fire their head coach and they bring in some big name like Harbaugh. Right. And then that next year, they're they're diesel. They come out of the box and they're just crushing people. And they're oh well, look at what Harbaugh's done. He's taking somebody else's roster. Right. And winning with it. Right. Like a lot of a lot of college programs are like that. Right. You, and in fact, you could actually go. You could actually use that in the NBA as well because many people. If you ask lots of uh, ba- big basketball fans, Steve, when Steve Kerr took over the Warriors and the yeah. Warriors managed to have that success. Yeah. Lots of people were like, why is Steve Kerr getting the credit when Mark Jackson spent the last couple years getting Steph Curry, getting Klay Thompson, finding Draymond Green, finding all of these these people in the draft to come in and form this nucleus that when Kerr came in, and it's not to take away from what Kerr has done as the Warriors head coach, yeah, but 
he wasn't really he, like he didn't assemble that first team no. that 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 uh, that came together and won that first championship. Yeah. So, but there's but as far as uh, I mean, but that's a good point as far as uh, what you said about Michigan and Harbaugh, like with or with college with uh, college programs and and doing that, we see that happen virtually every year. Um, we've seen that happen in the NFL with uh, John Gruden. Yeah. With John Gruden going to what was it, Tampa? Or yeah, when he went from Oakland to Tampa. yeah, he went to Tampa and took over the team that Dungy put together. Yeah, they win the championship. There you go. He's he's etched in history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he essentially played himself. We use our DJ Khaled <laughs> drop there. Um, he essentially played himself in that Super Bowl because he ended up playing his old team. Like, congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah, that's for you, John True. Gruden. Literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like he crafted that Raiders team, and it was that Raiders team that he played and then beat because they never changed their playbook on the offense. So he knew all of their audibles, knew everything that they were doing, and they just they just destroyed them in that Super Bowl. Yeah, he came in with the cheat codes. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Excuse me. So let's uh, let's shift a little. Uh, let's shift gears. I, I, I want to. Moved actually over to the the topic that I wanted to really really get into, which actually does does still relate to this. Yeah. But I want to just kind of open it up a, a little bit and, and and talk about whether or not sports in general are a meritocracy. Well, real quick too. Sure. Uh, for anybody who's just tuning in, make sure you kind of tell them who you are, what you, what they're listening to, because you have gotten some new listeners. Oh, awesome. Well, if you are just tuning in for the first time, this is our first ever episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks on Rock Deep Rogue Radio. With that. <laughs> People are going crazy, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, uh, with that being said, we're going to shift gears into our main topic of the night as to whether or not sports are actually a meritocracy. Now, this, this subject is, is interesting to me because whenever. I listen to ESPN or Fox Sports One or, or just kind of anyone who's ever discussing sports on any level. One of the more one of the most common themes you hear is that especially with sports that if you just work hard, if you put the work in, the opportunities will be there. And we always look to example we, we always look to examples of players who come out of nowhere. Like I could think of like an Anthony Lanier who's on the, who's on Washington yeah. who was undrafted out of like South Alabama, South Alabama or something like that who has now worked his way onto a roster spot and you know he's kind of like you know, it's, it's a it's a really, or um what's my man that just uh, made it onto the Lakers or was oh, on the Lakers? I can't remember his name but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He was like 30 30 something years yeah, old. Yeah, like he he was in the G League for 10 years before finally getting an opportunity. Yeah. And he actually made the most of that opportunity. His his numbers were pretty ridiculous for someone who was, you know, playing against NBA level competition for the very first time. But it took 10 years for him to get there. And 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 the thing and and he's one person. And if you think about how many players Andre Ingram Andre Ingram, and if you think about how many players actually play in the G League, or how many pe- how many players play college football, play college basketball, play these non-professional or amateur sports, who are there for years and never get afforded these opportunities. Yeah, it, it kind of makes you question whether or not sports are as much of a meritocracy because you hear the same language 
like like I, I don't I don't embrace the idea that you know that everyone is that that certain players are only making it solely because they work hard or they're only or they work harder than other athletes in the same facility who are also hitting the weights doing what they're doing what they're supposed to do to try to get themselves you know an opportunity um what's that show i think it's called undrafted that comes on uh, nfl network that follows like uh players who are you know not expected to be like high round draft picks i've seen i've seen that i've seen that show a few times uh, i've I actually knew one of the athletes who was on there and you see them doing virtually the same things that you see with other with with some of the players who do manage to make it and become first, second, third round, whatever yeah. selections, you know, they put in the work like everyone else. And it just seems like they aren't, they aren't able to get the opportunity. So what's interesting to me too is, and partially why I do, th- why I think that sports is not a meritocracy is because what, what is considered hard work or what is considered enough work can vary from, coach to coach, from sport to sport, from whoever is in charge of of selecting these players who are supposed to be come who are supposed to be coming in. And we are all subject to human error here. No one here is perfect. We are all subject to our own biases, our own perspectives, etc. And so much of what is successful in professional sports especially is uh, comes from factors that are largely outside of the control of the people who are involved. For example, the draft is tomorrow. None of these players control where they're going to go tomorrow. Yeah. They have no idea where they're going to go and what's going to happen to them once they once they get there. A player that gets drafted to Cleveland, let's say let's say Saquon Barkley gets drafted number one overall to go to Cleveland. His experience there is not going to be the same as if he had got drafted to go to New York at two, or if he had got gone to the Jets at six, or Washington at thirteen, or somewhere else. It whether or not he has NFL success is going to be largely dependent on his on the environment that he goes to that he has no control over, and there. My belief is that there are very few places in sports where there are truly coaches who play the best players or that truly are invested in, you know, the best guy is going to get the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's not always the best guy. It's the the right guy at the time. Like, perfect perfect example. We've had this conversation before in our Rock Deep Rogue Radio chats. I'm trying to remember what season it was. 2015? It would have been Gruden's first year. Oh, you're talking about uh, 2014. When, yeah, when RG3 was healthy and they didn't play him. Oh, that was uh, was the 2016 season. Yeah. His his last season here. I understand that everybody, and, and it was like the glib and popular thing to say. Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback. He's the better system quarterback. He's the better this. He's the better that. Bull crap. When right. you looked at that, when you looked at the sample size of those two quarterbacks, Kirk had more turnovers than RG three did. Period. 
He was bad. He was he was a bad quarterback yeah. up until he wasn't that bad anymore. Yeah. And 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 that actually that's something I definitely wanted to I definitely wanted to bring up on on the show tonight because it's no secret anyone who has spoken to me about Washington in recent years and the turmoil that's gone on here. I was someone who was a fan, who was a fan of RG three, and I do think he got a, a raw deal here in Washington. I agree. Yeah, and I, and I don't say that in saying that I think he was perfect or that he was without fault for some of the things that did go go down here, but I do think he is yet another tale of a quarterback of color who got the short end of the stick and wasn't afforded an opportunity to grow. You know what I'm saying? He gets injured his first year. He comes back the next year. There's a bunch of turmoil because you have the coach leaking all this information about him and essentially running kind of a smear campaign. Like, if you really think about that 2013 season, all of the things that the majority of people think about RG3 came out as leaks during that season. And even though much of the stuff that was said was proven to not be true, it didn't matter whether it was true or not because the damage had already been done. For example, there was the rumor that, oh, he doesn't like to look at his bad film. Yet he had teammates and former coaches all come out and say, no, like there's he's never done that before. But it didn't matter because the perception of the perception of him had already become that he was a me first kind of player that. He did not that he he wanted things his way and he was going to do whatever he had to do in order to make sure that he got his way. So the damage got done long before he even had uh, an opportunity to really, you know, develop into what many people thought he could be. So 2013 was a wash. And then you come into the 2014 season where you have Jay Gruden come in. You know, RG, you know, and you have to think, too. When Jay Gruden, like whatever coach had gotten hired in the 2014 season, RG3 was going to be your quarterback. Like I don't think that that's kind of an uncommon thing that you find across the league. That yeah. if you have a young, if you have a young, like when, like if the Eagles had been looking for a new coach this year, you're, you know, it's it's, it's you know, it's not it's not out of this world to think that they're hiring whomever because they want him to come work with Carson Wentz. And try to develop him into what they think he can be. They brought in Gruden because he helped mold Andy Dalton. Right. They, he, and guess what Andy Dalton was when he was in college? A mobile, a, a mobile, mobile quarterback. And that's the thing. That's another point I love bringing up to people, which is if you go look at Andy Dalton's TCU highlights, like the vast majority of them are him running read option plays, going for 10, 12 yards and sliding and or taking hits or whatever the case may be. Andy Dalton was a running quarterback before he got to the NFL. But it just goes to show that organization was willing to be patient with Andy Dalton. Even till even now when yeah. Andy is his you know, he's he hasn't been great in recent years. No. But he's 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 been given the opportunity to fail and you know, come back the next season and see if you can do better. Look at Matt Stafford. Another great example. You want to tie it back to meritocracy, man. He's the highest played player in the NFL right now. Other than, wait, his cousins higher paid than him? Uh, I'm not sure. Only because of the you know, cousins' contract is fully guaranteed. I don't know what Stafford's yeah. guaranteed money was. Either way, there, there was a stat that I saw that was amazing. Um, him, Garoppolo, 
Cousins and one other quarterback who had gotten these max contracts. Oh, is it Derek Carr? Yeah, not a single one of them has a playoff win. Yep. You want to talk about how the NFL is not a meritocracy? It's right there. Yep. Your highest paid players are not producing on the field when it matters because it doesn't matter. And that's I'm, – I'm going to vent on this for like two seconds and then <laughs> I'm not going to do it anymore because this is your show. No, no, no. But like, go ahead. I can't, go. I can't stand that, the, that football, especially – other sports not so much, but football way more than the others, is a copycat league through and through and it's disgusting and yep. i'll give you a perfect example is the pass happy offenses yep. everybody needs a quarterback and everybody needs five receivers and everybody needs a tight end and they're all following the same blueprint that everybody else has followed right but then you have a team like jacksonville jacksonville got to the afc championship and was what seven points behind the patriots almost yep. beat them to go to the super bowl and what did they have a decent passing game and a diesel run game and an all-world defense. Yes, and and like that's if I'm if I'm a GM, if I'm picking players, I'm gonna see what everybody else is doing in the league, and I'm doing the exact opposite because yep. they're not gonna have an answer for it because they're gonna have a defense designed on the fact that 30 other teams in the NFL are doing this particular thing. So I'm gonna be like, all right, I'm gonna have a decent receiving core where I can get a couple of first downs if I need to if it's third and long, but for the most part, I'm gonna run it down your throat because you're not prepared for that. Yep. In fact, another team you can look at who's who who's been doing that for forever, the Patriots. Yeah. Bill Belichick does not follow trends. He does not care what yeah. everyone else is doing. He is not worried about what the hot new thing or the type of gadget players or whatever. He does what he thinks is going to help them win. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He uh there was a great book I read a few years ago called Smart Football by Chris Brown. Yeah. And in it he credits Bill Belichick with creating what's called a pattern match defense, which is essentially half of the field is in a zone. The other half is man to man. And he's Belichick was the first to incorporate something like that. And it was a big reason why that New England defense on their first like couple titles yeah, was the way. Yeah. 2003, 2004. Yeah. yeah was, just... that was, that was, that was their key to success right there, which yeah. was, they weren't just where everyone's doing this. Everyone is doing that. Is you guys do you guys do this you guys do that and he invented an entire style of of defense that now many more teams incorporate yeah but he had the vision to do it in the at a time where teams were only doing one type of thing yeah or they were only doing one other type of thing I mean I even look at like a Chip Kelly now he he, he his offense didn't work. But if you think about it, did that first year though, man. It, it sure did, and it also laid the groundwork for what lots of teams are doing now, as far as like uh, read pass options or doing the hurry up offense, or you know just having you know having yeah. your like not taking your guys off the field. It's a it's a it's a it's a copycat it's a copycat league in that regard. You had him a, if he had a good GM instead of giving him the reins as GM. He would still be the coach of the Eagles. Agreed. And they would have won. And they would have won a Super Bowl. Agreed. Because he had something. Okay, here, grabbing all of those running backs that he did. Everybody's like, why the hell has he got so many running backs? What is every team doing now? They've got two, three, four decent running backs yep. that they can just. Eat, and and they're those Chris Thompson esque running yep. backs that can come yep. out of the backfield, or you've got Up a guy like Legarrette Blunt who could run down your throat. Like it's. Yep. I knew when the Eagles got Legarrette Blunt, I was like, "This is going to be trouble. They're going to, they're going to, they've got, they're on to something here." Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and you can credit Chip Kelly with that yeah. because he he he's the one who had the foresight to 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 do that. Now, what's also interesting? Where is he now, anyways? Uh, 
is he? I think he's at Florida. He got hired. He got hired to. He got hired back in college for for something. Oh snap! He's the coach at US, UCLA. UC, oh, there we go. I think he just started too because wasn't it Jim Moore Jr.'s job for a yep. while? Yep. That go, sucks though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jim, I like Jim Moore Jr. He keeps getting screwed over. Like he was the coach of the uh, Seahawks before Pete Carroll came. Right. Oh and wow, like, that's that's right. Yeah, he was like seven and nine, and like they were getting, they were moving up and going in the right direction. And they're like, oh hey, yeah, we're gonna bring you on for another year. And he's like, oh sweet. And they were like, oh never mind, ha ha, Pete Carroll's coming here. <laughs> and and you know what? That's interesting too, because we can also talk about meritocracy when it comes to coaching. Yeah, and coaching as well. Like if you th- if you think about the fact that the NFL is highly regarded as a good old boys club. Oh, you yeah. know, like in order to get hired, you. you most of the people get hired get hired because they know someone from like those roots run deep as far back as the sixties, you know? Yeah. And there we we have a we, we don't have very many African American or coaches of color who are head coaches. Like you have Hugh Jackson, you have uh, Anthony Anthony Lynn and Sandy excuse me, in LA. Yeah. And you have Vance Joseph in Denver. And you've got uh, Mike Tomlin. And, okay, and Mike Tomlin. And those, and, and that's kind of crazy to think that there's only four, four or five head coaches who are African American. Yeah. In a league where two thirds of the league is African American. Yeah. Two thirds of the players are African American, and you can't say the same for the coaching ranks. And it's even worse when you dive into like the the coordinators. There are three black coordinators in the entire NFL. That's it. There are three right now. One of one of them is actually out of a job. Two, uh, one, yeah, one is out of a job. One is Brian Lefwich, who just got hired this like this 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 off season. I love Byron Lefwich. He's a DC guy too. Yeah, and I forget who I forget who the who the other O's I forget who the other OC is, but that's three, and and and, and that is a big reason why you know there have been all of these. Um, all of these uh, calls for the league to expand the Rooney rule into coordinators because many of the people who are getting these coordinator jobs are not getting them because, because they're, you know, they've worked up the ranks. They're getting it because they, they know somebody. In fact, I mean, if I go away from the NFL, a coach I always look at who's always failed upwards, Lane Kiffin. Lane, right? Kiff, Lane Kiffin just fails upward into an even better job than the one he got because let go from. His dad is Monty Kiffin. Exactly, a legend, <laughs> legendary defensive coordinator. He just yeah, God, it's like, it's, uh, it's so crazy. Like he had the thing at Tennessee happen. Then was he at USC? Was that was, was USC before or after Tennessee? I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was USA first, then he went to Tennessee. No, he left Tennessee for to, for for USC. Let's look, let's look him up. Yeah, because I, I, I believe he he left he left Tennessee. He was at USC. He left he left both of those on bad terms. Goes and somehow ends up as the offensive coordinator at Alabama, who he then somehow turn happens to turn that into a head coaching job at South Florida. Like that's crazy. So he was a USC. Trojan's assistant coach, and then he was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. I forgot about that. And then he went to the Tennessee Volunteers, and then he went back to USC. Um, that didn't go so well. Oh wow, he was at USC for a while. Yeah, 
And then he went to Alabama. And now he's the head coach of the Florida Atlantic Owls. Florida Atlantic. I said South Florida. Yes, Florida Atlantic. He's actually pretty. They okay. So no, they uh, no, they've done well. Yeah. After a one and three start, the FAU Owls reeled off ten straight wins, culminating in the Conference USA Championship against the University of North Texas. Win forty-one to seventeen on their home field. So I mean, yeah. like, he's got he's turned them into a decent school, like right. or a decent squad. Which like, it, but it's crazy because if you think about all the places that he left before, then it's like how did he even like how was he even able to get a head coaching job? After being after leaving two at least two places on bad terms or three if you include Alabama yeah. on bad terms because Florida Atlantic nobody knows who they are <laughs> and they just want press they want a big also name true. and it's worked out well for them because they're now competitive when did you ever hear of Florida Atlantic before you I, didn't <laughs> I think that maybe that's where Alfred Morris went but I'm not sure I I believe so I'm gonna check real quick. His school may have been FIU. Florida Atlantic. Yeah, Florida, Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know it was FAU or FIU. He's like, he's like their only alma mater that anybody <laughs> knows. And that was that was just a freak thing. I mean, I think, like, you want to talk about meritocracy, the one guy who is the example that it is true yeah. is this dude worked his ass off from, from high school, from college. He never got greedy, never got dollar signs in his eyes. He still drives that beater car that he has. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I was so sad when he left. Like, I was, he was like too. he was like my hero, man. Like he was just he was he's such a nice guy too. Yeah, he's such he's such a nice dude. Like I watched uh, the video of, of uh, that the the local news did on how he gets to the stadium earlier, uh, earlier than everybody, and he like goes out to the stands and talks to all of like the staff. Yeah, and they and like they'd be out there for like a good hour or two on game days before yeah. every game while he was here before he got let go. Yeah, like that's awesome. Like he he didn't have to do that. No, he was just a good dude. Right. And, of course, we let him go. Yeah. Story of Washington, to be right. honest. <laughs> Story, <laughs> of Washington. Story of Washington, you know. I'm, 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 never, I'm, never, I'm never surprised at that because Washington is actually a shining example of how, you, like, how good you are doesn't actually matter because if Snyder wants you, wants you to play or not play, you're going to play or not play. Yeah. When Mike Shanahan was here, kind of the same thing. Like I, I feel like this team has always existed on the state of, hey, this guy appears to be better. How come he's not playing more? Nope, we have no idea why, but we know we yeah. have guy over here who they gave thirty-eight million dollars to, even though he's terrible, to come in and keep doing it, and he's going to get to keep his job because you gave him all the money. Is he the better player? No. The thing that bothers me is where they spend their money because um, I'll use Carlos Rogers as an example. Yeah. Carlos Rogers, they called him concrete hands. They called him this. They called him that. They said he had all these problems because he couldn't intercept the ball, right? <laughs> as soon as he goes to San Francisco. Learned how to catch. Learned how to catch. It never got published here in D.C. Nobody ever talked about it. But, as, but he did an interview talking about how as soon as I got here to San Francisco, they were doing a physical and they checked my eyes and I failed the vision test. And they gave me contacts, and it made all the difference. And he ended up getting wow. like the corrective laser eye surgery or something like that. And it just show it shows. It was the same thing last year with with Washington and all of their rash of injuries. Their training staff sucks. That is true. And it's it's why this team is not succeeding. It's why so many people get injured. It's why that they, they can't develop talent. It's why you'll hear, oh well, this guy's out for a week. Oh no, you know what? It turns out it's gonna be three weeks because they don't know how to help these guys and yep. they don't know the right things to do. And, and what's interesting is you have former, so many former players speak on that, and it constantly gets glossed over 
um, when when people are wondering why we drafted this guy and he's never healthy, you know, like the, we, like the thing with Sue Cravens that just like just happened, and I feel yeah. like I'm one of the last Cravens uh, defenders yeah. on the subject. But I remember his rookie season. You know, he made that social media post that he probably shouldn't have made, but it turns out that it was a misdiagnosis because they told you know they they told him he was fine, but he felt like he wasn't. And then when he left this past this past season, when he left right before the season started, yeah. you know, he said that he like he he didn't feel right, and so he wanted to retire because you know he kept getting missed. You know, he wasn't getting the right diagnosis. And then this past December, it comes out. Oh crap! He actually did have post concussion syndrome. He had a legitimate injury, and the team was still going to try to trot him out there because they told him nothing was wrong with him, even though. You don't like nobody knows your body better than you, and yeah. he felt like something was wrong, so he rightfully, I mean, the way he went about it probably wasn't the best. Probably not. No, but I'm not upset at him for doing that because I know I, because I, he knows his body better than anyone else, and so if he needed to do that to take care of himself, then I'm totally okay with that, especially. That we know that he had a legitimate reason to to have an issue with the training staff, and he didn't trust the training staff to have his best interest at heart. When four four months later, again comes out, he actually has post concussion syndrome. It just it it's it's not right, and it's just another it's another tally mark to why I'm not going back to this team. <laughs> you know, me either. I, I I really like. I thought I was going. I. I'm still going to follow the team because they're local and it's kind of it's kind of hard to escape it because yeah. as successful as the other local sports teams are DC is forever a football town. Yeah. And that's both like this it kind, it's kind of annoying. It wouldn't matter if the Nats were in game 7 of the World Series, if the Caps were in game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, if the Wizards were in game 7 of the NBA Finals. Right. If there is a Redskins game on, that is going to be priority 1. It's like Boston and the Red Sox. Right. The Patriots, everybody likes the Patriots. Everybody likes the Bruins. Everybody likes the Celtics, but that is a Red Sox town. Right. It's Absolutely. the same thing here. The, the city shuts down. Like it was it sounds weird, but like when I was a kid, my mom because we grew up in, in Woodbridge, so like right outside of Potomac Mills. And my mom used to joke like the best time to go to Potomac Mills was on Sunday at one o'clock because no one was there because they were all at home watching the Redskins game. And she was right. Like it was it, it bums me out that this team that I, I got to watch them win two Super Bowls when I was a kid. Hmm. You're probably not old enough to remember that. I was three years old yeah. when they won their last one. Exactly. <laughs> like, there is an entire generation of Washington fans that have never seen them successful, and it's sad. Right. And we ran this franchise into the ground. And real quick, and like food for thought, maybe we'll talk about this on another podcast, but, like, it's not even Dan Snyder's fault. You want to know whose fault it is? Who? Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs. That's interesting. So, Joe Gibbs was famous for getting as many veteran players as he possibly could and stashing them on the roster. The reason the Redskins were successful for so many years in the 90s is because when they had injuries, they had another guy that was experienced, that knew what he was doing, that was ready to play. That's why they were successful. In the early 90s, when free agency started, they weren't prepared for free agency because they had no idea what they were doing. So all of those high-priced backups that they had were like, peace out, I'm going somewhere else. Hmm. 
That's why Dallas was so successful, because they saw the writing on the wall. They were like, you know what? We're going to trade Herschel Walker. <gasps> what? You're oh. going to trade Herschel Walker? And they got a million draft picks. So what they did was they cultivated young talent. Meanwhile, Washington's aging, falling apart. All of their high-priced yep. free agents are leaving because they can get bigger contracts elsewhere, and they crumble. So it was Gibbs. It was Bobby Beathard. It was Charlie Casserly. It was Jack Kent Cook to a certain extent. They set that team up for success in the now, but didn't think of the future. And that's why the Cowboys were successful in the early 90s, hmm. and Washington fell to pieces. Wow. And they've never recovered from it. Wow. Thank you. That's my moment. <laughs> Mic dropped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so as far as the draft, just to kind of wrap this up a little bit, uh, I know we both kind of renounced our fandom of the team, but, we, but, but hypothetically, we it's like yeah. it's like that racist like that racist aunt that you have that like you'll be at Thanksgiving and she says some borderline ridiculous shit, yeah, and you're just like, all right, <laughs> all right, and you give her a hug because you still love her, but like <laughs> I can't deal with your drunk racist shit anymore. Like, yeah, pretty mu- yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's 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 being a Washington <laughs> fan. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Like I, I still, I still rock my Washington football uh, team because I don't, I don't use the R word. But I, tr- I try not to. I, I do occasionally. It, I mean, it's it's hard. Like, it's, yeah, it, it, it is really hard. And, and sometimes it, it it honestly just it fits because of what yeah. whatever you're trying to explain. Yeah, it it just fits to just say it instead of just yeah. using Washington. I do so I understand it on the on the on the blogs. Whenever I talk about them, I only, I only say Washington football. I won't say I won't write that name out. Yeah, and like I I won't wear their stuff anymore. Because I got a nine-year-old son who is a fan of that football team because I'm a fan of that football team. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting – I got him a really nice RG3 jersey. And I ended up getting rid of it because it says right across the front of it, Redskins. Right. And, like, how am I supposed to teach this kid, hey, we don't say these sorts of things about people right. and say these names that are derogatory to people that are insensitive and inflammatory and, and uh, are based on a horrible thing. Oh, but except for these guys, these football players, because we like them, HTTR. You know, like, you can't do that. <laughs> right, exactly. It's hypocritical. Yeah, and I'm not going to be that guy. Right. Like, that's messed up. So, yeah, it's, like, again, that's why the only team gear that I own, it only says Washington with the colors, and that's it. I got to see if I can find some stuff like that. <laughs> I, I can I can probably find I can probably find you the shirt and like the the hat that I have because the the hat I have has actually the Nationals curly W with the colors. Oh, nice. Okay. With the with the burgundy and gold. Yeah, that's it's one of my favorite yeah. one of my favorite hats. If they would just go to <sighs> Mike Wise he used to write for the Washington Post. Now he writes mm-hmm. for um, ESPN. He wrote for ESPN. He was writing for the Undefeated for a while. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I think he's still there. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think he just announced that he left. Oh. He made a really really good point. He's like he changed the name to the Warriors. First off, Dan Snyder owns the rights to this name. Right. Secondly, you change that name and you say, hey, every jersey that we sell, we're going to give 25% of the proceeds to the Wounded Warrior Project. D.C. has the highest per capita government and military families living in the area. All of a sudden, you have a team that all of their proceeds go to Wounded Warrior Project. You're going to get so many secondary fans. People who were never really into football before or who were looking for a team are going to come to your team. And it's and it's going to work considering the influx of out of towners who now live in the DC area. Yeah, the way that they've embraced like the Nationals oh, or the, the Capitals yeah. or the Capitals, like they're not from here, but they they embrace these teams because yeah. they're here. Yeah, you can get that same kind of attention for the football team. Yeah, just by doing that right there. Yeah, that'd be that'd be smart. 
Yeah, I would walk. I would totally wear Washington Warrior stuff. Absolutely. There's actually a really dope design uh, that someone that someone did for a Washington Warriors. Yeah. Uh, jersey logo design and everything. It's really cool. I have to see if I can find it. Yeah, we'll have to put it up on the site. Yeah, put it up on the it's, Facebook page. it's yeah, it's it's really cool. But hypothetically, if you were picking at thirteen tomorrow, because tomorrow's the draft, where would you want? Who would you want them to pick? Or what position? I should say, what position would you want them to address? Let's just say, for some weird reason. Saquon Barkley hasn't gotten taken. I am taking him so fast. I'm It'll running. Make your head spin. Running exactly. to the podium. <laughs> if, if, it, if that 12th pick, they're like, who's before the who's before them? Who's the 12th? I think it's like Arizona. Okay. Well, Arizona Cardinals pick a quarterback. Whatever. Actually, no, it's, yeah. it's Buffalo. Well, for now, it's Buffalo. Yeah, they're okay. 12. Buffalo picks uh, a defensive tackle. Yeah, all right. Woo, yeah. Like, before they're even done announcing that, I am running up to the podium. Like, I'm Dan <laughs> Snyder. I'm knocking people out of the way. I'm yeah. pushing Roger Goodell out of the way. I'm announcing it myself. We're taking Saquon Barkley. Like, because he's the, he, he's the most athletic person in the draft. I I watched him play. Now, granted, okay, game – he could be a bust, but who cares? But, again – you, goes... you need somebody who is a game changer. And he's the best player in the draft, honestly. Yeah. And, and, you know, team, like teams always – like people like to talk about how the running back position is getting devalued and all this and that. But if you think about it, all of the young, successful teams have young – Really good running backs. Jacksonville has a young, really good running back. Yeah. The Rams have a young, really good running back. Yeah. New Orleans has a young, really good yeah. running back. Minnesota. Minnesota has a young, really good running back. They, like there are teams all across. Unfortunately, Dallas has a young, good running back. Really good on the field. Female abusing yeah. running back. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only <laughs> nice thing I can say about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can run real hard. Good yeah, for him. That's about it. But yeah, like. So they can try to under you know undervalue the position as much as they want. Like teams are still or teams are still valuing this position and getting great usage out of this position. Even if even if it's only someone like an Alvin Kamara who is splitting carries with Mark Ingram, still getting high usage and and he's a big reason why Drew Brees is going to be able to play another two or three years and being yeah. able to do less in the process. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat. You know, even if it's not Saquon, like if it were like a Darius Geis out of LSU, I take him too. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't even need the full five minutes. I'm no, I'm thirty thirty seconds in after I've made the phone call. I'm yeah. running out. Hey, yeah, you right there. Yeah, <laughs> because yes, we need defense. Okay, Washington needs defense. We understand that. He probably needs some more help on the offensive line too. But you can get value out of those out of the first round. You can get a lot of value out of those in the first out of the first round. Take Saquon Barkley. Take Darius Geis if you can get them. If you can't, okay, cool. No big deal. You don't need a running back per se. Right. But if you have game-changing athletes like that, don't sit there and be like, well, our formula sucks. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you do the formula, and you're going to put yourself in the exact same boat that you've been in the last three years, which is 7-7, seven and 8-9, seven, and nine, or 8-8, and, eight, and then you lose 7-9. 8-7-1. Yeah, 8-7-1, and, eight, seven and, one, 
And then, well, granted, now that we got Alex Smith, we may not lose to the Giants in the last game of the season and blow the playoffs <laughs> like we did two years in a row. That's why I got no problem with Kirk going to Minnesota. Yeah, Screw I, him. Yeah, I had, no, I had no issue. I had no issue with that. Yeah. With that. With that either. Oh, we should have paid him. We should have paid him three years ago. Yeah, we should have. You know what? And then he would disappoint us again for another three years. Yep. Yep. You're gonna get. You're gonna get the same. The the, the same stuff of. Oh, hey, he threw for three hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns. That's nice, but. He also threw, you know, a two-yard out on third and ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, he, overthrew, he overthrew and landed it right in the safety's hands against the Giants in a game that you should have easily won. And then, oh, we're not taking this last game of the season lightly. We want to go 8-8. Eight and eight. It's a pride thing. And then you blow to a 2-13 and 13 Giants team. That, le- uh, that, that pick he threw two years ago – um, going across the middle, I call. I called it because he was holding the ball for so long. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, he's, I was like, he's about to throw a pick. All I'm saying like, it's is done. Like RG three would have run and gotten the first down. Just saying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we got we got uh, pr- about ten minutes left. So let's shift gears a little bit. We're going to continue the meritocracy discussion on a future episode here. Um, we had a really good conversation, but now we're going to shift gears, lighten it up. Um, I thought about when I when I was putting together the construct for the show. I thought about you know just doing the topic for the entire time, but that was like this could get kind of heavy. You know, I like to have fun. I don't want to. I don't want to end on like a heavy on a heavy note, right? Like tomorrow's Thursday. We're very close to the weekend. I'm going to Broccoli Fest this weekend. It's going to be amazing. Wait, wait, hang on. There, there's a Broccoli Fest. There's a there's a Broccoli Fest, and it's going to be amazing. The Migos are going to be there. Cardi B is going to be there. At Broccoli Fest. At Broccoli Fest. Miguel is going to be there. And Broccoli isn't like a euphemism for anything. Pretty sure it is. Oh. <laughs> Perhaps. Oh. I. Uh. Thank God for them internets. Okay. Right. <laughs> so if, if, uh, if anyone else is going to be at Broccoli Fest, you know, if you see me around and I'm just kind of dazed and out of my mind, like still say hi, but acknowledge that I'm probably not sober. So I wanted to make sure that I ended this show on a, on a good note. And uh, I'm excited do, about this topic, too. Yeah, me, too. I just I just posted on Facebook, by the way. Um, like, hey, tune in. This is what we're talking about for the last 10 minutes of the show. Yes. So this segment is something I'm probably going to do every episode, which is something I like to call Let's Argue. But wait a minute. And what are we going to argue on? What show is this? What are not, people listening to? We're not We're not actually going to argue. But this is the overflow with MC Brooks on Rock D. Brogue Radio. We're not actually going to argue. I'm just going to give you hot takes. You know what? Actually, why don't and we bring our uh, your, your, your chauffeur slash... <laughs> friend who's who's been sitting here quietly and patiently all night. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and sit in seat number two? Have a seat. We'll you'd be per mic. you'd be perfect because we have this conversation all the time anyway. Now, but when you sit yourself down, make sure you intru- introduce yourself to uh, all the fine folks out there listening. Indeed. Make sure you put some headphones on so you can hear yourself too. Yeah, those. Yeah, those work. Yes, those work. Those work. There you go. Right there. Um, it would help. Oh, yeah, probably turn the mic on. <laughs> Give me a mic check. Mic check one. There it is. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Huzzah. Hot dog. But yes, as they s- stated before, uh, I am Brooks' personal chauffeur. <laughs> I get him here, and I'm also a listener ever since uh, we first came here. Uh, my name is Charmaine. Uh, I'm originally from North Carolina, and I live up here in Maryland now. 
Awesome. Huzzah. <laughs> so, now that she's settled in, what, we're, what I'm about to do is we're going to talk about French fries. Ooh. Yeah. French fries. I love fries. And I'm going to rank my personal top five mm. while getting input from both Mike and Charmaine. Yes. I'm, all, I'm so, about it. For all you listeners out there, uh, Yolanda has been listening all night, and she's been chiming in all night, too. So. Oh, awesome. Shout uh, out, Yolanda. I'm sure Yo will give us a, a couple of her <laughs> favorite French fries. Um, Indeed. I'm not sure who Ice Queen 1013 is, but she's given us a heart, so she likes what you're, what you're having to say. Oh, awesome. I'm sure it's a friend of yours. Probably. Yeah, and we've had some other listeners, too. Oh, shout out, hey, shout out to everybody who's listening. Yeah. You hit, at one point, man, like, you were hitting good numbers. Like, you had over 20 people. For a live oh, show, wow. that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty. Hey, shout out to all of you for listening in. Now, hopefully, after the show ends, you'll also do your duty and share this once we post this up so that other people can listen to the very first episode of The Overflow. So, how should we do this? Should we go, should I, should I start with my, my number one overall? That, start with five. Yeah. You want to start with your five. Right. start with my five? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Build it up. Yeah, well, I still didn't figure out what my three through five were, so I'm just going to kind of spitball it. <laughs> there you go. You do it. We'll, we'll, just, figure, we'll, we'll figure it out. This All is right. your ride, man. We're just along for it. At five, I will go with Wendy's. Mm. I, don't, I don't dislike Wendy's fries. Yeah. They're not the best, but they're not terrible either, you know? I, I kind of feel like if you don't get them hot, then they're just going to be soggy. Right. <laughs> can, I, can I give you a reason why? Go ahead. Wendy's fries are a good pick. What? Wendy's fries are one of the few french fries that are actually fully vegan. McDonald's fries are not. Did oh, not yeah, because they're like natural cut, right? They, there's, yeah. Or something that's, like well, that. Well, Wendy's, yeah, Wendy's natural cut, like they're they're fried in like peanut oil. But like McDonald's has a, there's a milk solid thing that they add to the fries that gives it flavor. So oh. they're not vegan. But again, like we're talking about taste, we're not talking about what like the best vegan True. things. Like, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm, I, I like Wendy's fries, but they're also way more expensive than everybody else's too. So. <laughs> that, that, that too. Yeah. They're, they're pretty decent. I do like. I mean, I do like this this new recipe because I do remember they changed the recipe yeah. a few years ago into yeah. kind of this new this natural cut um, fry thing they're doing. They're doing, but I like them. They're they're good, but they're just at five. They're just at five. Yeah, Wendy's is good. They're good. Yeah. So. Number four, number four, and we're just doing fast food here. So at four, I will go with KFC wedges. Ooh, yeah, good. KFC good wedges. Call. They're and like they're not even like really French fries. I because thought that was going to be. It's like a whole piece. It's like a whole section of potato. Right. Like, yeah. They're, they're they are so French good. fries, but yes, I, I totally agree. They're so good though. Yeah. Like that's and Charmaine will will attest. I thought that was going yeah. to be like your number no, two. No, no, but my number two is related because yeah. you probably know what it is now. Number two is related, but it's not. It's not. It's not KFC. But KFC, for, like I, I really think KFC is very underrated, just in general. Mm-hmm. Like it gets left out of a lot of fast food discussions. Yeah. Whenever people talk about when whenever people have this discussion, mm-hmm. so their wedges, I feel like, are super underrated. It's unfortunate because the KFC uh, that's near me is almost always out of wedges. Never like you, go it, there if at you, night. <laughs> yeah, like if you go there anytime when after. When it's clo- close yeah. to closing, you are not going to get the amount wedges. of wedges yeah. you yeah. want. Yeah, you go. Get like any, two. 
Yep. Yeah, that actually has happened. That is not an exaggeration. <laughs> that has actually happened. They offered they 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 offered us like two fries because that was all that was left. <laughs> I think we got the last bit that night. Oh, yeah, jeez, that's, yeah, yeah. that's awful. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, number three. So number three. Number three. Can we come out of left field with this? Arby's. Oh, that's not oh. left field. That. Arby's. No, Arby's is yeah, great. That, that I love Arby's. theirs. Yeah, Arby's. That will probably yeah. be my number three too. Get the applause there, like curly fries, man. They're curly. Yeah. Oh come on. And the fact, yeah, they're they're. Cur- I swear, I had a spiritual experience the first time I had them two years ago. <laughs> I had them at Wheaton Mall when yeah. I still worked at Target. Went yeah. there on my lunch break, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, curly fries. Oh, let's see how this is." Almost didn't go back. To yeah, because a lot of people don't think about Arby's. <laughs> no, no, they don't because. I don't even know. Arby's are not as 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 uh, as plentiful as some of the other fast food places. They're and, not. And I used to think it was just a Midwest thing because I used to live in Nebraska when I was younger, okay. and there were Arby's all over the place. It is much more popular in the Midwest. Yeah, and when I moved to North Carolina, yeah, I remember I'm like, there's no Arby's here. See, like, what is this? Got you have like, cookout. You got cookout. Yeah, you got yeah. Zaxby's. I'm a Southern girl. <laughs> you got yes. lived in yes. Midwest. You got but, things. Yeah. You got things yeah. that are whole. A whole different level of delicious. And moving like, up here, I miss them so much. Oh, man. <laughs> if there was a Zaxby's anywhere near here, Zaxby's Zax- is my jam. Zaxby's mm-hmm. and Cookout would yeah. like completely ruin fast food everywhere right. else in D.C. I would never right? lose weight. Right? I would I never know. get fit. <laughs> and, like, I would never be to be, fi- to be fair, there's so many food places in D.C. that make it hard to lose weight anyway. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got Jumbo Slice. Like, yeah. Uh, just, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Number two. All right, so number what two. is your number two? I'm surprised you haven't figured it out. I know out. what your Wait. number two is, I think. I'm, I'm What's your guess? Chick-fil-A. No. Ooh, okay. No, no, no. no. Chick-fil-A is actually not on the list. Wow. Not, not in the top five, at least. Okay. But uh, to be fair, I haven't been to a Chick-fil-A in a few years, so I, I don't have a... I gotcha. I don't have a memory of how their waffle fries are. But number two, Popeye's. Ooh, those Cajun fries? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Okay. Popeye's very under very underrated. And I have I have this uh the the hot take I'll give here is I actually think Checkers fries are overrated for being wow. che- for being Cajun fries. I think Checkers fries are overrated. Yeah, Popeye's has the better of the two Cajun fry styles. Yeah. I agree. It's and, got that nice crunch. Yeah, for me Popeye's gets gets it perfect with mm-hmm. their crunch. Yeah. With Checkers I always feel like I'm biting into like an over a slightly overcooked fry, and I'm not always a big See, fan of I it. I thought I was the only one because yeah. I've never had checkers until I moved up here or whenever I visited family up here. I'm like, I don't like checkers. So, <laughs> if I don't like your fries, I don't like the whole Their milkshakes are awesome, yeah. but yeah, their their fries are definitely overrated. Yeah. So, okay, yes. Popeyes. Hmm. Number one. Number one. Do we have a drum roll effect? Um, I don't. Do really, we need to make I will, one? I can find one. Can get a drum roll real quick. So just just to just to recap, at five I had Wendy's. Wendy's. At four I had KFC. At three I had Arby's. At two I had Popeyes. And number one. And number one, Burger King. What? <laughs> Burger you know King? What? Really? Burger King. <laughs> Guys, I hope you liked the first episode of uh, The Overflow, because this is the last episode of The Overflow. MC Brooks will no longer be with us here at Rock Deep Program. Burger King has the worst French fries. 
Oh, that is, that, that is <laughs> not, not the word. See, see this, 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 yeah, <laughs> see, this, this was the let's argue portion. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, <laughs> Yolanda booed you, too. <laughs> well, what, I am surprised that you do have them as number one. I'm surprised McDonald's but, didn't even make the list. Wow, I like Mc, I like McDonald's, but I don't I don't they uh they always ruin my stomach, so I don't I don't okay. go there that yeah. much. Okay, yeah. like no, I, I don't I don't deny that I, I don't deny that their fries are good. It's just you know yeah. my stomach is not always the best after. Oh, after, I'm yeah. the same way. Yeah, I haven't after, eaten I, McDonald's burgers. See, I won't even lie because I, I love McDonald's yeah. hash browns. McDonald's hash browns are incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But and like they're two for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I worked so, my warehouse job, I used to get them, and then I'd always. Be taking a very early bathroom break, thirty minutes right? Of my shift. Yeah, because they're just so greasy. Yeah, but Burger King, they have good fries. I like their fries. Now, I, I can I can say this this uh, about why Burger King is that for me. I have it less than I eat than I've had all the others, so I feel like I appreciate it more when I do have it. Okay, mm-hmm. because I don't. There's no Burger. I mean, you know, there's yeah, no, Burger, there's King no Burger King near my house. You. So, yeah. like, whenever I get it, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, okay. I think the last, the last time I had Burger King was one of the first times we came out here. We went over by the, uh, the oh. Target. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah like, yeah. Uh, that was a, that that was the last time I, and that was months ago. Yeah. So okay, that makes that makes sense then because like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so it's like like I'm sure, like, I'm sure my my opinion would probably be different if mm-hmm. I was still in DC. Like yeah. I, Burger King was still down the street for me, and I could go. Mm-hmm. But so, I don't have it that often, so you know, for me. I mean, I could probably switch it out with with Popeyes for my number two. So how about that? I'll switch that out. I mean, this is your this no, is your show, man. That's your list. No, 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 it's no. Your no. Top five. I'm switching it. Okay, it's my show. I'm I'm switching out. There you it's go. Your show. Burger King so you at two. There. Popeyes at one. There you go. All right, <laughs> done. Okay. Um. So Yolanda made a good point. Um. Five guys didn't make the list. Now you're not well, really considering them fast food. Yeah, either. they're not fast food. You gotta that, have a drive-through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I love I love Five Guys and yeah. they absolutely would have been the top five yeah. if I were including including them. Okay, so let me ask a question. Sure. Does it have to be French fries or can it be a different potato product? Well, I mean, I chose the wedges earlier, so okay. it could be because you guys don't have them up there. Sonic and <gasps> oh, Tater Tots. Oh wow! Tater yes. Tots. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. Sonic. I forgot about them. I haven't been been to a Sonic since. Well, there's a Sonic in um, Capitol Capitol Heights, Heights. and there's a Sonic right down the street from here. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Didn't I tell you this was about to be my favorite exit? Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's. it's, it's I'm about about to get a grape slushy right now. Right. Yeah. That watermelon slushy. Watermelon slushy is the way to go. Um, We might have to skip cookout on the way back and get and get go to Sonic. Here's here's the other one. Here's the one that is often overlooked because there are not a lot of them yet. But there is one right down the street from my house, between my house and work. So it gets a workout on a regular basis. <laughs> and that is Bojangles. Oh. Bojangles has seasoned fries. I've never, I've actually never had them. Oh, you're speaking I've to never, my I've heart never been to right it, now. Never been Bojangles is a North Carolina joint. Yes. Yeah. We will, Marcus, we will make this happen. I'm down. Yeah. I, maybe next week for newsfeed. You and I, I, we can come down early and uh, and you can. We need yeah, to have like a whole out. tray <laughs> of all the fries. All the fries. Here. <laughs> a a all fry the extravaganza. Fries. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Yeah. I don't think you missed any of my favorite ones. I, I like McDonald's has always been my go-to, but that's because mm-hmm. like yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, it's yeah. a good go-to. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been eating them since I first started going to bars, and because they'd be open at three o'clock. Yeah, when you're just leaving. like right there. Yeah, and they're well, on that every McDonald's corner. was like for me like McDonald's is the first restaurant I remember going to as a kid. So like that's I it. feel like it's like genetically like tattooed on our DNA. Like mm-hmm. we have to like McDonald's. Um, yep. 
you nailed most of the. I mean, the Arby's is Arby's is the go-to. So oh, yeah, it's, yeah. they're so uh, they're so underrated, yeah. and Arby's gets so much slander. Like I've, I see yeah. so many Arby's memes. Like yeah, I've never heard anyone say, "Hey, let's go to Arby's." I've heard plenty of people say that. <laughs> I say that. Yeah, their food's delicious. Yeah, it's they're... horrible for you. Yeah, but it's delicious. You like, have it like once every three months, and then right. you can recover. Yeah, yeah, because like yeah. at the shopping center near where I live, there's McDonald's, yeah. there's Wendy's, and there's Arby's. And yeah. if I have to choose between the three, yeah, Arby's is the most out of the way, but I'll go to Arby's if here's, I have to. Here's a sleeper. Captain D's. Captain D's. Captain D's is a seafood joint. It's fried yeah. fish. And hmm. if, if you've ever done, like, British fish and chips, uh-huh. you know that they fry their fish the right way. They fry their French fries the right way, too. Mm-hmm. Captain D's is, like, a southern version of a British fish yep. and chips place. There's one mm-hmm. down here in Fredericksburg. Again, we have to have a food <laughs> tour, apparently. Um, plus, uh, there's, a, there's a place down the street that's run by a, a buddy of mine named Eric, uh, Eric Meyer, Gourmelts. Yep. i got to take you guys there, too. Yes. So there's, like, 9,000 places we've got to go. I've actually, I've, yeah, I saw, I saw every post that you made from there, yeah. and I was, like, Note to self, ask Mike what that is so I <laughs> yeah. can go there. Uh-huh, yeah. it, I, I'm turning people on at work to this. I'm like, you guys need to go here. This this place is awesome. So, yeah. Well, that was, I, I think, ending on French fries. Is, yes. Is, I would like to say, one to, one to yeah. do it on a good note. Like, yeah. the meritocracy th- stuff was super serious, but everybody, like, well, most people like French fries. So, yeah. we can definitely end there. And as we've been using that meme, if you don't like French fries, yeah. your mom's a hoe. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do have any complaints, please do not inbox me. Do not DM me. Do not at me on Twitter. Send them, please. Send them to rockdeeprogradio at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. I will gladly answer them and send you a your mom's a hoe meme yes. in response to your stupid questions or <laughs> comments that you make. So Because you're probably wrong. Yeah, most likely. More than likely. You're, it doesn't you're, make you a bad person. You're yeah, just wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> you know what else is wrong? Pineapple on pizza. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, we can we can we can actually end there. Done. <laughs> we can end we can end there. Right now, somewhere Viv is like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> See, I like her. I'm on her side. Yeah. <laughs> She's about to not not about to not come out here anymore. Or just come in I, here like and like ready to fight you. Oh well, how are you going to get here, son? Watch him! Watch him! Get, get watch him! He's going to get jumped. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be one of those memes. Like, imagine sitting there and they, you know, someone yells, "Stuff pineapple pizza in his mouth." <laughs> <laughs> you still like that pizza now? <laughs> Chomp. <laughs> but we'll sa- we'll save the pineapple on pizza for another time, perhaps maybe next month or whenever I get around to it. So, I would definitely want to thank everyone for tuning in. And making my first show very memorable. It's pretty awesome. I had, a, I had a good time. Once again, thanks, Mike, and the rest of the Rock Deep family for course, giving me the platform to come in and say what I have to say. And uh, I wanted yeah. to be the first one to tell you that now that you have broken your, your cherry, proverbially, <laughs> and you now have done your own first show, you are no longer newest contributor, MC Brooks. You were just contributor, Yay. MC Brooks. We made it. So congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Now we, <laughs> we made it. So, yeah, so thank you to everyone for tuning in. This was the first ever episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks on Rock Deep Rogue Radio. Definitely make sure that you go check out some of the other shows with some of the other uh, members we have here, such as Peace of Mind that was done last week with Vivian. And be sure to be on the lookout for the news feed, which is next week, I believe. Yes, sir. The news feed, which yep. is going to be next week. 
same bat time, same bat channel. So I'm your host, MC Brooks, with Mike, Charmaine. Thank you for tuning in. Peace out. For all of you who have listened, make sure you check out the website. It is www.rockdeeproguradio.com for all of our podcasts, for all of our updates. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Follow us. Like us. Love us because we love you, all of those who are listening. For MC Brooks, for Charmaine, for Yolanda, for Tamika, for Jay, for guys from Barbershop Talk, for Vivian Perea, for all of us at Rock Deep Rogue Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And we out. This has been a Rock Deep Rogue Radio production.